0: Jesus said that salt is good, but if salt loses its savor, it's good for nothing. It should be thrown out. And Jesus turned to his disciples and he looked at them and he said, You are the salt of the earth. And I'm looking at you today, church. You are the salt of the earth. You are a sweet savor of Christ unto God in the earth. This is who you are. God has called you to represent his son, Jesus, in the earth, and your salty people. So I want to tell you a couple of salty stories. They actually both involve my baby girl, Addie. Uh, She's already an evangelist. She's uh, touched a lot of lives already, and it's pretty amazing. So... uh, A couple months ago, I took her to uh, the hospital to do an audiology test, just to test her hearing. And uh, it was a really long test. It took like an hour just for the actual test part. So I got to talk with the audiology doctor uh, quite a bit. We just talked about life. We talked about our story with Addie and losing Libby. And um, uh, and she kind of knew some of our story just from the medical records. And um, she began to open up about her life, how she had lost her parents um, just like four or five years previously. And so the whole while I'm just asking the Lord, like, what do you want to say to her? You want me to pray for her? You know, what what is it for this lady? And uh, we go into her office. We're all done. And we're rescheduling the next appointment. And I just begin to talk with her and, and tell her, like, you know, that the Bible promises that those who mourn will be comforted. Like this is a promise from God. We have this promise, and we can experience. We can sorrow unto uh, and mourn unto sorrow and, and disappointment and regrets and all that, but we can choose to mourn and be comforted by God. And I just began to speak this to her, and she said, I believe that, but I have a lot of questions. And she began to share that uh, like a year after she lost her parents, she lost her sister. And she began to cry, and she's like, I still can't talk about that one. And just the words just keep coming, and I'm just talking with her, and I ask if I could pray for her, and I pray for her. And she comes in close, and she gives me this big old hug, and she's crying on my shoulder. And I just tell her that God sees her, and Jesus loves her so much. I speak the word over her. And now her season of mourning can stop and she can be free from that and she can realize that God loves her and sees her. And I'm nothing special. I just love Jesus. I want to I want to be the salt of the earth. And it's all about being available to God's purposes, because there's people all around us always that need a word from the Lord. They need prayed for. They need that one thing that sets them free. A little while later, we traveled to Nebraska and we were on our way home. And one of the kids got to go pee now. And so we stop off in Grand Island. Uh, We don't usually stop there. Um, but we pull off. we stop in a Bosselman's travel center, and I'm carrying Addie, and Candace takes all the kids, and they go to the bathroom and I'm waiting. I'm wait- actually waiting in front of a cinnabon, just uh, mouthwatering. I need to buy one of those. <laughs> well, Addie starts fussing just a little bit, and some of the ladies behind the counter notice, and they say, "Oh, how cute and this and that." Well, one lady back there catches my attention. And I start talking with her just for a minute. And she asked me, can I hold her? Total stranger, right? And I just felt from the Lord like, yeah, let her hold her. So we step off behind the counter, and I pass her over, and we start talking. And this lady, she had a premature baby who had more issues than we did. And she began to tell me about her life. And mom had already given uh, her daughter one of her kidneys, which was now failing. So her daughter's grown. She's in her 20s. And so she's on a waiting list for a kidney. And so I ask if I can pray for her. And I pray for her right there. And it's kind of busy. Like, there's a lot of people around. Um, but I don't let that affect me. And, in fact, I've learned uh, sometimes it's good to have a crowd. At first, it's a little bit uh, awkward. It's a little bit scary. But I'm starting to learn I like a few people around because now more people can be touched. Um, and so I pray for her and she got ministered to, And it's just like all these divine appointments that God has for us to touch a life, they're everywhere. And if we'll be available, you get to partake of it. And it's fun. When you start stepping out, it becomes fun. So I'm praying with this lady. She's holding Addie. And Candace and the kids come out of the bathroom. And uh, Mama Bear growled a little bit. Some stranger holding my baby. I think Mama Bear just about came out of the cave. (laughs) But yeah, when she found out the Lord was in it, she was fine. Um, But it's, there's people everywhere that need Jesus. They need a loving person to come along and say, this is the word of God for you. This is the life of Jesus for you. Second Corinthians chapter two, uh, verse 14 through 16. He says, now thanks be to God who always causes us to triumph in Christ. He always causes us to triumph in Christ. Always. That's amazing. And for me, that gives me a lot of confidence when I step out and begin to share the gospel, when I step out and offer to pray for someone. Like, remember this, that God always causes us to triumph in Christ. And he makes manifest the savor of his knowledge by us in every place. So everywhere we go, we are the savor of the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And God causes us to triumph in him always. So don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to share the gospel. Don't be afraid to say, Even just simple stuff, Jesus loves you. It can be very simple. Verse 15. For we are unto God a sweet savor of Christ in them that are saved and in them that perish. To the one we are the savor of death unto death and to the other the savor of life unto life and who is sufficient for all these things. You see, so whether you are accepted or whether you are rejected, whether you're persecuted or whether the word that you share is believed, you are a sweet savor of Christ unto God. Either way. Either way. So you can have confidence that whether you're rejected, whether you're persecuted, Maybe somebody hates you for talking about Jesus. You're still a sweet savor of Christ unto God. Either way. And I love that. Now, I don't have to worry about somebody accepting or rejecting. It breaks my heart when rejection happens. But either way. We're a sweet savor of Christ unto God. So, there's just three things that I want to share with you uh, about sharing your faith, about praying for somebody, about stepping out and sharing the gospel. There's just three things I want you to know. One, people don't expect you to have all of the answers. You know, for a while, I thought I got to have all the answers. I need to go to apologetic school. I need to do something so I know how to answer people because there's a lot of questions people have. It's not true. You don't have to have all the answers. People don't even expect you to. I've had guys question, 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 question. I knew some. I didn't know all. But not knowing all does not negate what you do know. And if all you know is that Jesus died for you and he loves you and now you have peace with God, if that's all you know, share that. It's not negated if you don't know everything. (laughs) I I was actually at work and I got stuck in a van with a guy, not stuck, but I was in a van with a guy, and we were going about an hour and a half van ride, right? And so we just start talking. Guy turns out to be a Russian Orthodox turned pagan. And I was like, I don't know if I got the answers for that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's okay. Like, you can trust the Lord. And sometimes the Lord will give you answers that you didn't even know you knew. And really, all the time, the answer is Jesus. It's very simple, don't make it complicated. Sometimes the complicated question is answered simply and that's, that's sufficient. Okay, number two, people don't expect you to be perfect. Not at all, they really don't. They don't expect you to be perfect. You don't have to have all your ducks in a row. You don't have to be living the American dream. You can have problems. What people want is for you to be real. Yeah. They want you to be real. So you had a bad day. That doesn't define you. Your relationship with Jesus defines you. So you can bounce back. People want you to be real. Now, don't be a hypocrite, don't be living in sin. Right? But if we mess up, if we falter, if we had a bad day, if things at home really aren't that great right now, like, it doesn't bother people. If we're solid in our faith, if we bounce back, like, people want you to be real because they live real lives too. People have problems. We need to be able to connect and identify with others. So if we share that, It's okay. They don't expect perfection. They expect realness. And if you're really living for Jesus, day in and day out, through all the ups and downs, through the stressful times, through the bad times, and you're still walking with Jesus, that's what people are looking for. They want to see the real thing. Can I tell you the world's tired of religion? They're tired of it. Yeah. Really tired of it. But when they see a man or a woman walking with God day in and day out, they're real, they got issues, but they are always talking about Jesus, that's a witness. That makes a difference in people's lives. Okay, let me tell you about number three. I want you to know that you don't need to sweat an awkward moment. You will probably have them. I've had several. But the awkward moments, they kind of start going away because you're so solid in your identity with Jesus. Remember, it's not about you. It's not about me. I'm just the ambassador. I'm the the go-between. I'm the mediator. Jesus wants relationship with that person. It's about that person and Jesus. So if I take me out of the equation my self-consciousness, awkward moments start going away. They do. You don't have to let an awkward moment ruin a conversation because it doesn't have to. It doesn't change the truth of what you shared or prayed or talked about. It doesn't change your testimony. And all three of these things Whether you didn't know an answer, whether you don't got it all together today, or you have an awkward moment, all three are covered by love. If we can love people more than each of these three things, these things don't stand a chance. They won't get in the way. Because if you truly love a person because Jesus loves them, they will know it. They'll sense it. They can tell, people can tell. People can tell when you're sincere. People can tell when you really love them. And so for me, like when I go and share the gospel or I just start talking, I just start talking with people anywhere, the marketplace, the park, you know, wherever. You just start talking. I want to be that person's friend within the first 10 seconds. Not because I'm a salesman, because I actually want to be their friend because Jesus wants to be their friend. That's the love of Christ expressed through us. And again, people can tell. People can tell. Okay, so we, let's go to Acts chapter 9. And we'll talk about a man who was available. Because see, there's opportunities all the time if we'll choose to be available for the Lord's work just to love on people. Okay, uh, verse 10. Okay, a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. He was available. And to him, the Lord said in a vision, Ananias, And he said, behold, I am here, Lord. So Ananias had a vision. I believe he was in prayer. Later on in Acts, it declares like if it was a night dream or a night vision. It says that, and it doesn't say that here. So I'm thinking Ananias was in his prayer closet. Maybe he's doing his business, and he's, he is in prayer. And so the Lord appears to him in a vision. And the Lord said to him, arise and go into the street, which is called straight and inquire in the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he prays and he has seen in a vision, a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him that he might receive his sight. Who I want to know the Lord like that, just straight up having a conversation with him. And seeing him. That's amazing. I want to have that kind of relationship with my Savior. Then Ananias, verse 13, he answered, Lord, that is one bad man. I don't know if I should go there. (laughs) No. He says, I've heard by many of this man how much evil he has done to the saints at Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all that call on thy name. He's asked to go to like the worst guy that he could possibly be asked to in that town. Probably in the region. I mean, Paul's looking for these guys. Saul, he's looking for these guys to put him in prison. And Jesus says, go to him, go pray for him that guy? Like, I don't know. He's kind of put me in prison. You know, like this is a bad deal. I don't know about this, but how much do we do that? When we walk around town and we see a guy, they're like, I'm not talking to that guy. There's no way. Do you see a t-shirt he's wearing? There's no way I'm talking to that guy. Why not? Are we going to, do we judge who God wants to call? We all need change, whether we're a little sinful or very sinful, whether we're a bad man or a kind of a good guy. We all need Jesus. So, are we going to judge ourselves? I'm not talking to that person. Okay. Verse 15. But the Lord said to him, Go your way, for he is a chosen vessel to me to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings. And the children of Israel, for I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. And Ananias said, Well, I guess if he has to suffer a lot, I'll go pray for him. No, come on. Ananias believed the word and he went his way. But here's a beautiful thing Jesus gave him some very direct um, directions. He said, go to the street called Straight and inquire of the house of Judas. So he had a lot of witness and confirmations along the way. So Jesus was very polite in giving him those clues. And Ananias went his way and entered into the house. And putting his hands on him said, Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus, that appeared to you in the way as you came, has sent me. That you might receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. So Ananias, available to the Lord, was asked to go pray for the one guy he probably really didn't want to. But he got to pray for Saul, who became Paul, who wrote a lot of the New Testament, who traveled all over preaching the gospel. Look what the life of Paul, Jesus called him, but he asked a disciple to go pray for him. Look what Ananias got to be a part of because he was available. Like, we don't know. We don't know. The person we meet on the street, the person we can talk to in the workplace. What if they're going to be your best friend in the faith? What if they're going to encourage the brethren, maybe even more than, maybe they'll be a better preacher than me. Good, come on. Let's go. We all have a part to play. We all have a thing to do. And so what if somebody's a better preacher? What if somebody's a better, doesn't matter. Like we, we all have this thing to do in the kingdom. We all have a part of the body. It's all about Jesus. If it weren't for him, where would I be? If it weren't for him, I would have no gifts. He's the one that gave us gifts. He's the one that's given us life. And so, because Ananias was available, he got to go pray for Paul, that he would receive the Holy Ghost and receive his sight. So, I just want to encourage you all today live as the salt of the earth, because you are. You are the salt of the earth. And God has promised to you that you would be triumphant in Christ. So, whether you're rejected, or accepted, you are a sweet savor of Christ unto God. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for the life of Jesus Christ. I thank you that you have caused us, your people, your family, to be a sweet, sweet savor of Him in every place. God, I ask for fire and for passion in our hearts, Lord, to follow you closely to be so passionate in our friendship with Jesus that we can't help but talk about him, that we can't help but represent him in our workplaces, in the marketplace, in every place, God. And sometimes it's not with many words, but because you're in us, Lord, because your presence rests upon us, because you have given us the Holy Spirit, When we walk into a room, you have work for us. You've already been speaking to hearts. You've already been working in people's lives. We're just there to be available, God. I pray that you would let this word penetrate deep into our hearts today, Lord. I pray bless this people, God, with passion, with fire, with Holy Spirit, God. Give them the words and the unction, Lord. I pray that you would open eyes to see those around them who need Jesus, who need a word, who need prayer. I pray, give us confidence in the faith, God. Let us not back down. Let us not be afraid. Lord, I pray for boldness in the name of Jesus. I pray for boldness to preach the gospel. I pray for boldness just to even say, Jesus loves you, and I do too. God, I pray, bless this people this week. May we be ever Uh, Aware of your presence, in Jesus' name, amen.